lot of times people think that racism doesn't exist because they don't experience it themselves because they're not the oppressed one. What's up, everybody? My name is Lindsey Melton Jr. Thank you for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. This is the True North Podcast. A riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the economic plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. How many summers like this one do you imagine that we can expect? Well, I would say this, we don't have long. The mood of the Negro community now is one of urgency, one of saying that we aren't going to wait, that we've got to have our freedom. We've waited too long. So that uh, I would say that every summer we are going to have this kind of vigorous protest. My hope is that it will be nonviolent. I would hope that we can avoid riots because riots are self-defeating and socially destructive. Woo! Did you hear that? Yeah, um, what you just heard, that was a clip from um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, that last part, did you hear that? Nothing wrong with protesting, but riots are self-defeating. What does self-defeating mean? It means when you beat your own self up, when you sell your own self short, when you hinder your own self from achieving greatness. Already with the bars. I interviewed a friend of mine. Her name is uh, Amaya Alberry, and she recently went to um, the protest in, here in Volusia County, uh, at Port Orange to be specific. And I interviewed her to have her um, inform us about the experience because it's going to be really good. I promise. Like she, she brought her whole family to this um, protest, and I just wanted to be able to talk to her and have her share with me and you, the listener. Um, just how all that went down. So, Miss Amaya, how are you? Good. How are you? You know what? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, for everybody that's never heard of you, Miss Amaya, um, if you will, just tell them um, what it is you do. I'm the CEO of Successful Employment. Um, we are a Florida-based 501c3 uh, with contracts to the Department of Education to help youth and adults to ultimately find employment. Um, we have programs throughout the state of Florida in which we provide training, um, schooling. We also provide job coaching and professional services to help uh, youth and adults with some sort of disability to actually get into the workforce and, you know, provide some economic uh, empowerment. Like that is such a awesome thing to be doing, especially here in Central Florida. Um, now, one of the reasons I brought you on, Miss Amaya, is because, um, obviously, for those that don't know, there is a, uh, a protest in response to the injustice that um, happened to George Floyd, but not just him, but all the, um, the, the, the acts that are on record and off record, um, which has caused this country to, 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 that is long overdue to finally respond um, and respond the way that they have. 
So there's a protest here in Volusia County, uh, specifically in Port Orange. Um, walk me through, because you and your whole family, you all went to that. So walk me through um, how you found out that there was a protest happening and, and what transpired after that. Well, um, I'm involved with a community group in Daytona. Okay. that yeah. um, It's called Community Healing Project. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they go out in the community and they just try to make the community a better place. They do beach cleanups. Um, they provide resources for education. They have a podcast. And I think they have um, the director of it. He also has. Um, he's a journalist, and he's on. You know, he's a you know a contributing um, journalist for several different newspapers and everything. So I heard about the protest, and um, I just I don't know. I just wanted to be a part of it. I just I thought it was important to to protest what's going on in our country, been happening in our country, you know. Um, and sometimes, you know, I think about, like, protesting, you know, especially now with all the negative connotation from it. People say, well, what is, how effective is that? People have been protesting for such a long time. But I think we really got to hear the heart of God on this one, you know. And I think that issues are bigger than really what they are or what they appear to be. And I think it's important, you know, when you see your brother and your sister that are grieving and when they're hurt, it's important for us as the body of Christ to come together, regardless of race or nationality, and to say, hey, you know what, I see you. You know, Jesus was 99 for the one. It didn't mean that the other 99 were not important or not as valuable. But, you know, when that one needs help, that's what our priority should be. And so I felt like this protest was a way that, you know, my family and I, I have my parents who are 70 years old, both of them. Um, Dad's from Spain. My mom's American. My son is 12. And my niece came, too. I just thought it was important for us to stand as a family to demonstrate and just to be there to show people that, hey, we care, we see you, and we support you. Wow, that's powerful. And just just hearing you say that you don't know the um you don't know the amount of confidence the level that it just boosted up to um now because i'm a dad uh, when i saw the photo on instagram of you and your son at the protest immediately i connected because it, it's that was a moment of you pouring purpose into him uh, what was the conversation like with you and him when you were like, okay, we're going to do this protest? Was he all for it or what? Well, his response was not my response. He's not as um, outgoing as I am. So, but we decided to go as a family to, to support each other. Um, and to be honest, he was uncomfortable at first, you know, and I think that's how a lot of our community is because especially, you know, like our white brothers and sisters, this is uncomfortable, you know, it's like you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. And, you know, conflict, it's like somebody who is in pain. They're screaming, you know, and a lot of people want to avoid that screaming person that's in pain, you know, but we can't just keep doing that. And I think it was important for my son, who is multiracial, um, yeah. to to see that, you know. And sometimes, like, we can get stuck, regardless of the color of our skin, based on our culture, based on our lifestyles, you know, where we avoid conflict, we avoid pain, you know, and as parents, you know, a lot of times we protect our children from that, 
but I think it's also important that we can't completely, um, you know, just silence that or, you know, just be so removed from it because out of protection of wanting to protect our children or, you know, not discuss hard topics because the reality is he's 12 now, but he's going to be eight one day, you know, and he is going to be, unfortunately, unless things change, he is going to be one of those people that, you know, that people look at a certain type of way. And as much as I want to believe that most of America and most of the world is not like that, the reality and statistics prove that this is what it is. And so my job as a parent, God gave me my kids, you know, and my job as a parent is to prepare them and to raise them. And sometimes I think, you know, hard conversations, you know, they're hard to have. And so we don't want to have them. But it's like, I think it's important to have intimate relationships with people who don't look like you, with people who honestly, even you may disagree with. But unless we take the time and we, you know, seek to listen and be quick to listen and slow to speak, we are never going to have those conversations and we will never know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes. But if I can expose my son at the age of 12 to that and he can see, you know, he's 12 years old, but one day he'll be an adult and he can fight for those same things. And he's going to remember what it was like to stand up for injustice as a child. And that will give him, I think just a better experience of having compassion of having wisdom and even how to love people, you know, as he continues to be an adult. Wow. That's really good. Um, what was the atmosphere like when you guys were there? Well, that's very interesting that you would ask that we were there and a lot, a lot of people are saying, wow, you know, they probably see all the reports all over the media, which also too don't completely, you got to have the Holy spirit on that one. Because the media is, 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 there's an agenda, 100% positive. You know, I'm not ignorant to, to the agenda that the media, you know, um, other powers that be, you know, and Satan himself, you know, he's using all of this to divide us, you know, and I um, completely understand that, you know. Um, but when I was there, I saw some really great people of all different colors. People were angry, you know, some people were really angry, you know, and as we chanted, you know, different things, some of the chants, you know, I might not have completely, um, you know, agreed with 100% of the time, you know, but I can agree with um, the anger, you know, and, and the frustration and the outrage, you know, and, um, but I did see some stuff that, that, you know, that the media and, and different people that are talking about. I saw some people that looked like, which I don't know, but it looked like they could have been part of like Antifa. Um, they say that Antifa is not a centralized organization, but it's almost like a, a thought process or, you know, it doesn't have a centralized leader. But I saw people who I personally know personally, but they were so masked up, you know, um, that I know they don't stand for black lives. But I think what, I'm starting to understand more and by witnessing that their hatred of the police and the establishment is greater than their hatred for the color of people's skin. And so that's why a lot of these groups, I think, are able to come in because they hate the police more than they hate black people. 
they don't care, you know? And so I did definitely saw, I saw that element um, in there for the first four hours that we were there with my, my family, you know, we were there probably together like three hours and it was extremely peaceful. It was a a great uh, environment of, you know, education and love and it was unity, you know, it, it was such unity, you know, like I said, all of us coming together against a common enemy, but, um, as the day went on, it, it, you know, the atmosphere shifted and, you know, by the time, thank God my family had left, people were driving by ra- yelling out racial slurs. Um, it got really hostile, you know, then, uh, one of the organizers was walking and, um, and, and yeah, uh, someone, a motorist in the car ran his foot over. So from that point on, the atmosphere shifted and, you know, there was like hot pockets where people were coming in yelling racial slurs and everything like that. One guy, it was really, really crazy. Um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I just call it as I see it. A, a, a white guy um, stood in the middle of the road and almost like tried to start a riot. And, um, I'm like looking around to see like who's going to stop him, you know, but at that point the organizer was gone, you know, going to the hospital and a lot of the other people that were with him were leaving to go to the hospital, to check on him. And I, I think it's super important for us at this time to pray for godly leaders because, you know, the Bible says that without a vision that people perish and it's super important to have godly leadership in place because you have people who are angry this is systemic. This has been happening. You know, I think about it. Like, think about when the Constitution was ratified. It was like, I think, 1781 or, you know, it was signed. And then, it, but once it became into position, it was 1780 something. You know, African slaves were stolen away from their country. You know, back in 1619, they come to, came to our country. So the Constitution was signed like 150 years later. But Slavery, the Emancipation Proclamation, didn't come into till like, I think it was um, 1860-something, so almost 100 years after the Constitution was put in place, where African Americans, who, again, were foreigners to our country and enslaved as a people, were only considered to be three-fifths of a person. So when the Constitution was originally signed, they weren't even considered to be human beings. And, you know, it, then it, so many years it took for the Emancipation Proclamation. And then after that, you know, when they were released from slavery, it's not like they had great jobs that they could go or they had been saving money or anything like that. Like, it was like, okay, you're no longer slaves, but you literally have nothing. So, so many slaves had to even go back to the plantations that they worked, you know, and they were so treated so poorly in slavery and they had to, to work, you know, for, like, room and board. So this is something that, like, I understand that people will say, you know, slavery happened. It's like, and you hear so many, like, the sentiments, like, get over it, get over it, get over it. But, man, that's, that's hard. You know, it's hard when, you know, America was built on the backs of slaves. And, yeah, we need to forgive, you know, and we bless our enemies. But there are systems in place, and you've got to research it. A lot of times, you know, because of the color, like, of my skin, 
I wake up every day and I just think that, you know, I'm blessed because I'm blessed and I am. But there are systems in place that make it harder for other people. You know, I have multiracial children and no one can tell me that racism doesn't exist because I've experienced it with them. And I don't have black skin, you know, so I'll never know the full experience of being black, but I know what it's like to have children of a different race. I know what it's like to love people of a different race. And I'm learning to to slow down and listen to more, you know, more stories. Sometimes we want to be right and we don't want to admit that we've been wrong. But I promise you, you know, is what we start collectively just coming and praying to God and asking God for eyes to see and wisdom and ears to hear, like the compassion is going to flood in and we are going to grieve with our brothers and sisters and, you know, but there's an, there's an agenda in place and we can't, you know, we got to know that the enemy that we're fighting is not people, you know, it's not even the systems of this world, but it's, it's wickedness in high places that comes to our earth, you know, and because we've been so blind to it so many times or mistaking our enemy, you know, black people are not our enemy. White people are not our enemy. You know, this is, is so much deeper, but we got to, you know, we got to take a hold, you know, the horns of the altar and we got to cry out, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't fully agree with what's going on, you know, this is, this is, this is why God put us here. It's for us to come together as people and to cry out, you know, and say, God, you know, give me a heart, give me your heart, you know, give me, you know, I want my heart to break for what your heart breaks for, God. And I promise you that what's going on in this country right now is breaking God's heart. You know, it's it's not something that, yeah, he knows. And, you know, yes, it's all going to work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to their, their purpose. But it still breaks God's heart to see his, his kids in in the situation that they are in. So back to the story with the guy, you know, that was screaming out, you know, trying to cause the riot. I'm looking around for someone to stand up and to, to you know, to fix this. Cause I'm thinking to myself, like, I know the holiness and the sacredness of what being out here for these three hours has been because I experienced it myself, you know, but I don't ever want someone to mess that up, you know, and I know what would happen in the media, how they twist things and people's perverted minds, they would automatically say if something were to pop off, see, that's why, or their racism would increase, you know, or their justification of, of however they want to be would, you know, would be satisfied. And so I look for that leader to, to raise up and just the power of God on the inside of me just wouldn't let me stop. So I had to go out in the middle of the road and, I had to use the authority, my God-given authority, to say in the name of Jesus, we are not doing this today. And um, I'm about 5'3", guys. (laughs) I've been on an amazing weight loss journey, so I've lost over 50 pounds in a year. So I'm not even as big as I was before. But I'm telling you, in the spirit, I was a huge giant. 
And this guy who was over six foot tall, who did not, he looked super scary and everything, but the power got in me, like there was no competition for him. And so he just literally looked at me and obeyed and walked back. And at that point, you know, God used me to push all the crowds out of the street and just, you know, and then it continued. Cause like I said, something had shifted in the atmosphere at that time. And then um, more people were re- yelling out racial slurs, the, the protesting crowd, the, the ones that had been there before for so many hours had left a new wave of protesters had come in their signs. If they brought any were not good. They were not godly, but God had me there. You know, my family had left at that point and the Holy spirit had me to, to hold, you know, and to stay. And um, that's why we got to listen to God, you know, because we have to be led of the spirit. You know, God will in scary situations, but we have to be led by the spirit and not of our own flesh. Um, you know, one guy stopped, was stopped his car yelling the N word and the crowd, you know, kind of went for him. And I'm thinking to myself again, like, no way, you know, like, this is not why we're here. And I, and I just don't want what has happened and the sacredness of what what has happened so far to be destroyed um but this guy i ran to his, his driver's side because i didn't want anybody to hurt him not because honestly i cared so much about him but my heart is god's heart and i know that god's heart wanted this to stay holy this guy left the scene hit two cars on his way out and you know it was just over and over and i said god at that point I'm looking at all the people there again, you know, looking for direction. And so I said, guys, we have to pray, you know, because I, I just, I knew in my own strength, I couldn't do it. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't control it, but I do know who can. And so we literally grabbed hands and begin to call out on God, you know, and to declare the word of God. And I said, God, I need you to open the heavens because we don't know what to do at this point. And people are hurting, you know, so many people have died for this moment to be here right now. And um, we called down heaven, you know, that's, that's all, when I don't know what to do. And when I know what to do, you better pray and you better know how to call on God. And so and literally about two minutes after that, it began to rain and it started raining. And I said, thank you, Jesus. It was the answer to prayer, you know, because I know if it would have kept on, it just, it would have gone from, you know, amazing to bad to worse. Wow. Um, what's your advice to people that were maybe hesitant of participating in the protest um, going forward? Because there will be more. There needs to be um, more dialogue about all this. But what would your advice be to those um, considering participating in a peaceful protest? We all have our own lane. And it's not to like to discount or to like justify inactivity, but we've got to be led by God and what God wants us to do. And I think it's important to like, there are other ways in addition to protesting because protesting is not anything new and protesting, you know, people are saying, or or people are downplaying sometimes Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And saying, well, they protested then and we're still having these problems now. And although that may be true, I'm a solutions-based person. So for me, the protest, why God had me there, what I think God had me there, 
maybe wasn't so much as in just the protest, because I'm one person, you know, but God sent me there to support and to pray, to be a watchman, you know. But, like, what are the next steps, which is really, really important? What steps can we be making in our community to make an effective difference and an effective change? You know, I mean, I talked to a lot of parents that, you know, they couldn't go because they had small children or whatever the occasion is, you know, ask God, what is your portion? You know, help people to, you know, to register to vote, um, you know, help in your local community, help in your underserved communities and see what the needs are and then use your gift for the glory of God. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, you know, be intentional to reach out to your underserved community, you know, be intentional you know, because all lives do matter to God, you know, and it's not a debate that all lives, you know, are not important or all lives not don't matter or we're going to highlight only certain people. But because all lives matter to God, black lives should matter to us. I know you can't see it right now, but I'm giving you a standing ovation and applause for that. I mean, no truer words. Um, what's some advice? going forward on what anyone can do to invoke change and look you know look at different social justice movements christian social justice movements who have the heart of god not the agenda of the enemy not the agenda to further divide us but the heart of god to say okay god i know that you love justice where can i help in this area and we all have something we all have a portion that we can add to this you know education and and we can we can support people we can support you know if you don't want to be the leader for it you can see what you know uh agencies or nonprofits in your area that are helping and then you can just kind of to help out you can give money if you can you know you can physically volunteer you know you can make phone calls you can you know social media is can be amazing and can be awful at the same time, you know, but again, we just can't allow it to divide us any further because that's what the enemy does. He, he comes to, to kill, to, you know, he seeks to kill, to seek and to destroy, you know, to, to destroy us and to, to kill us and to kill each other. But God, he comes to bring love and not just love, but abundant life for us. And that's what we can do. You know, you can call if you have friends that are, you know, that people of color, you know, you have friends that are black women or black men, you know, just shoot them a text. Say, hey, I was thinking of you today with everything going on, you know, just want to make sure you're doing okay. And I can just tell you from my experience in my life, how many people have come to me and said, thank you so much. It means so much to me that you're reaching out to me at this point. And, you know, I am not going to agree with every single person on this planet. And that's the reality, and no one is. But I can show people that I love them, and that's what's important to God. You don't have to get into huge political conversations with them, but you can show people and tell people that you love them. And we can be intentional to have intimate relationships with people who don't look like that, like us, so we can hear their stories. A lot of times people think that racism doesn't exist because they don't experience it themselves because they're not the oppressed ones. 
But if you can sit down and you can listen to people's stories, you know, and just be compassionate and, and don't, you know, don't, you know, ignite a conversation or, or, or engage in a conversation to be right, but be the heart of God and just listen. You know, we can learn so much from each other if we just, you know, shut our mouths sometimes and just listen. You are right about that. Wow. Miss Amaya, thank you so much for, I mean, just dropping so much wisdom. And definitely, I I feel like you gave a lot of applicable, um, I mean, things that we could do right now. Um, what is a way or a website or um, how can people connect with you and what you're doing? They can actually go on to my business website, which is www.successfulemployment.org. And that'll talk to you a little bit about the nonprofit. Um, but I am just as a human being and as a daughter of God, you know, I reach out on my own in the community to help. Um, if you're local, you can call me 386-262-2621. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, Amaya Albury, A-L-B-U-R-Y. And I would love to connect with more like-minded people, you know, who have the heart of God. And I just want to encourage you not to be scared because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. And it's the goodness of God that causes people to repent. It causes people to come to the kingdom of God. It's when we are good to them, not because they deserve it, but because God's been good to us. So if you want to, you know, join in the movement of love and loving on our community, I would love to, to help you to plug you in to your lane and what God's called you to do. That was my interview with Miss Amaya Alberry. Please, please, please do not let this episode sit dormant on your phone or however you're listening, but be moved to action, okay? Be moved to action. Um, listen, make sure you share this episode with a friend. Go through your contacts list. Um, find whoever you want to share it with, two or three people, and type in the subject box or in the message box. Hey, you really got to listen to this. Take some time because our world needs you. One of my favorite songs by Kurt Franklin, literally the first, uh, the chorus says, our world needs you right now. Talking to God. Well, you, the listener, um, if you are on the majority, this is listen to a voice of the minority. And I'm telling you, we need you right now. Be blessed. Be back next week.